everybody, my name is Remy. Welcome to the For the Love podcast with your host, Jen Hatmaker, my mom. She writes books and speaks to crowds, but she mostly loves talking to amazing people on this podcast every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, Jen Hatmaker is here. Your host of the For the Love podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, you guys, are you ever in for it today? Are you ever? So today we are starting a brand new series called, wait for it, For the Love of Back to School. Ah, yes. Back to school. Routine is back. The kids are out of the house and eating the school's food half the day instead of your food the entire day. Fresh pencils, fresh paper. It's just a whole deal. Back to school. There is a lot to balance when the kids go back. Everything from helping with homework, to signing permission forms, to lunch money, looking for colleges, sending them to college once they get into college. That means sometimes they come home with a mountain of laundry asking for food yet again. So that's not counting even the emotional toll that school takes on everyone being on this roller coaster of adolescence and young adulthood and tests and games and parties and friends and teachers and not to mention curating their lives online. It's just a lot. It's a lot for kids and it's a lot for their parents. So I think we know that there's a ton about the back to school experience. It's kind of ubiquitous, sort of the same across the board, but some that's very different from when we were growing up. That brings me to this. I have five kids and they range from middle school to college. And I'm always curious to see what they're thinking and how they're feeling and dealing with growing up in our world, specifically in our family. And so I thought it might be fun to talk to them and see what their lives are like at all the different stages. I have two in college, I have two in high school, and I have one in middle plus a couple more special guests. I think we do well, and trust me, after you listen today, you're gonna agree, to listen to the kids and the young adults and see what they're excited about and what their biggest challenges are and what their critiques of their parents are. You're gonna hear that today. What they wish we would have done differently, what they wish we would have known. They're gonna talk about how college both did and did not meet their expectations, what they think parents should know that we don't know. You guys, there's so much in here. Oh my gosh, so much in here. Um, I learned a lot of things that even I didn't know, and I'm glad I asked. Sometimes it's hard to ask because you end up having to listen and hear some hard answers about what you got wrong as a parent or what your kid would have wished you would have done differently. That is not easy to hear, but important to find out. So what you have the opportunity to do today is to learn from our successes as a family and as our, our mistakes as parents. And my oldest two kids, Gavin and Sydney are here from the college world. I asked them everything, you guys. I mean, it's all in here. I asked them absolutely everything. They held nothing back. They were super honest, super smart, super helpful, very insightful. Everything you ever wanted to hear about what's going on at college right now, you're about to get an earful. And so after you listen today, I deeply encourage you to talk to the kids in your own life more than you think, 10 steps beyond what you think they'll be willing to talk to you about. Um, Even if they resist, even if they push back, which you'll hear today, 
they want, no matter what. And you may be surprised by what you learn. And so I am so grateful for my big two kids that they said yes to this, that they were as honest and as forthright about their experiences and their hopes and dreams and thoughts and mistakes and um, emotions about everything college related. Um, and as you'll hear, Gavin is a senior at Texas Tech University, and Sydney is a sophomore at the University of Texas here in Austin. And there is a reason that this podcast is longer than usual, because we packed it in. Um, you're going to be glad you listened today. Whether you have college kids, or you have kids who are going to be college kids, um, or you're just interested in what's going on with the young adults right now in the world, you're going to get an earful and be glad you listened. I'm so proud and pleased to share my conversation with my personal college kids, Gavin and Sydney. Well, I am really happy to introduce a couple of people that I like um, to the show today. My oldest two children, Gavin and Sydney, both in college. Hello. You only like us? I do. Okay. I like you and I love you. Okay. It's cheesy. It is. I'm into you. <laughs> um, thank you for saying yes to this, by the way, for coming and talk about college a little bit to my listeners. You could have said no to this. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I normally just post things about you online without your permission. And so. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. My people have heard me talk about you a million times, obviously, but I would love for each of you to introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about who you are, kind of in your own words, like where you're at, how old you are, what's your spot in college right now, what are you studying, um, all this. Gavin, why don't you start? Okay. Well, my name's Gavin, obviously. Um, I am currently a senior in college, finishing up my fourth year here at Texas Tech. Um, I'm studying natural resources management uh, with a focus in ranch management, um, which is basically just a, uh, a conservation major. Um, just kind of learning about the way that the environment works coherently, the vegetation with the wildlife, with the uh, atmosphere and everything else like that. Um, after, uh, after I graduate, I'm hoping to go off to grad school and become a professor. I'll stay at Texas Tech if I can. If not, I'll probably go to A&M Kingsville, but I have a few plans. You got some plans, and I'm very proud of you for caring about the earth and conservation. Gavin's always giving us lectures about the earth. Um, and so what are you hoping to do? I mean, I know you want to be a professor, but let's uh -huh. say you weren't going to go um, sort of the academic route. What would your career path look like for somebody who actually majors in what you're majoring in, Gav? Well, if Everything turned out that I wasn't going to be a professor. Chances are I would probably end up being a ranch hand or a conservationist for private ranches. Um, so that way I have the ability to go out to people's land and personally assess what they have. I know a lot of conservation is really kind of broad, you know, trying to apply it to a, to a large scale but I'm a huge fan of small scale private land, you know, working with one family, one rancher at a time and mm -hmm. getting their ranch up to where it needs to be. Cause you know, growing up on a Peepaw's ranch all the time, you know, our whitetail out there are not healthy at all. And neither is the land. 
And so it's just something that I've always wanted to do, but I didn't know how to do it. And so after being in college for the past three years, I'm learning quite a bit. And I would be really excited to work with anybody, family members, friends, clientele. I would, I'm excited to work with anybody to be able to learn how to help keep their land as healthy as it can get. Okay. See, that's so great. I, I love that work. Okay, sis, how about you? <laughs> Those are some very specific plans, and they're yep. only making me feel mildly stressed. Yeah, so I'm at the University of Texas at Austin. I'm studying journalism, which I'm really excited about, um, but I'm also getting a certificate in social enterprise, which is a really cool program UT has. Mm-hmm. At this point, mm-hmm. you're 19. You're not sure. I surely yeah. didn't know. But if you were just going to kind of explain your journalism major plus your certificate, what is your brain looking ahead toward, what are you thinking? This is potentially a space that I may want to move into as a career. I'm really interested in like fashion and lifestyle journalism. Um, But what's especially exciting for me right now is there's this kind of growing intersection of this kind of writing with like social justice. Right. So a lot of really interesting, um, kind of like fashion publications like man repeller or like team Vogue is one that more people know, um, have been doing a lot more work, either like featuring, um, women doing really amazing activism or they're partnering with exciting companies that are helping people in some way. Um, whether it's like empowering women or providing jobs, whatever. So it's a kind of like specific intersection, but it's, it's been really cool to follow that kind of world. Yeah. Yeah. So a savvy listener would realize that I deeply understand one of these paths and not the other. So you ain't got to be savvy to know that. Yes. Brandon is the ranch, um, land deer parent. And I am the words, women activism parent. (laughs) So we have cloned ourselves and here you are. Um, So how about this question? School literally just started for both of you. So what do you like just currently, just this minute about being back in school, um, where you're at now as compared to last year? So what do you think about being a senior, Gab? Does it feel any different or what feels different to you on campus this year, if anything? Well, the only difference that I've noticed is the fact that there are a lot less NRM students than when I started. NRM is my major, natural resources management. It's a lot less of us than when we started. You know, obviously, not everybody makes it through college. It's really difficult, to say the least. Um, And so being able to see all the same people, all the same faces that I've been seeing for three years in the same classroom again, we've developed friendships, we've developed mm-hmm. um, kind of like associations with one another. Um, and it's really beneficial, just because I'm able to study, and I'm able to communicate and work on projects with all these people that I've kind of been working with for the past like two years or so. Sure. Okay, Sydney, let me send this over to you, because you have a, a different college story than Gavin has. He started at Texas Tech. Um, And he's going to finish at Texas Tech. So can you talk a little bit about, I mean, this is a lot to unpack, but a little bit about where you started and why, what you were hoping and thinking 
and then what you experienced, which is why, as you mentioned earlier, you're now at University of Texas, which is a thing. Um, So talk a little bit about that. And I'm glad that you are because, first of all, transfers, about 30% of college freshmen end up transferring. So this is not a rare story at all. And I think it's helpful to hear somebody really talk it through um, because I know even you felt like, gosh, am I the only one doing this? And you're definitely not. So what, can you talk just a little bit about here I was as a senior, this is what I was thinking, and here's where I am now. Yeah, and I appreciate that statistic. I found that when I was kind of doing research on transferring, and it just made me feel a lot better because I think there's kind of some weird stigma almost around transferring. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm new at UT. I'm just a, a little longhorn. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at American University in Washington, D.C., which I don't know. It's really ironic to me because pretty much my whole childhood, I said I was going to go to UT and it was mm-hmm. pretty expected of me. And a lot of my good friends are here. And I no, just true. had a year long blip I'm on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> but I graduated high school just pretty jaded, kind of wanted to get out. But I was really excited about American University. I think I was just chasing something really different from high school. I wanted kids who were really passionate about academics. Um, I wanted peers who were more liberal. um, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of all that I followed. I think the rest kind of got put on a back burner. These other things that I'd taken for granted, just like having a great community and I don't know, whatever. Um, And then I, it just wasn't what I expected. I really struggled um, at AU. From the beginning, things just felt kind of like off. I felt really out of place. Right. Um, I found that, so DC on its own is a really cool city. Um, but the political academic world is just really intense. Totally. Um, I found that a lot of my classmates were really serious about school and internships. Um, Mm -hmm. everyone around me was taking six classes for some reason. So I did two Mm -hmm. and I was like struggling under 18 credits. Yeah. It was pretty much embarrassing if you didn't have an internship by sophomore year. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew a ton of girls who never even left campus Mm. um, because they were all they did was school right um I don't know I just I was really missing out on all these really fun kind of social things that I wanted in college but also I just couldn't even find friends I Mm. I struggled to meet people that I liked and connected with I also found people to be a little bit more closed off Mm. um which is a stereotype that's geographical Totally. And that's a stereotype I didn't expect to be true. Um, But something I would often get told is that I am kind of prying and that I would ask a lot of questions. And I just never been told that back home. Like, I just like to get to know you on a personal level. I think when I'm becoming friends with someone, I want to know about them. And apparently that was overstepping some Mm -hmm. unwritten social boundaries or something. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I was far from home. Yeah. I missed my family. And I just wasn't connecting with people. It was really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's when I, near the end of the year, um, I only had like a really small handful of good friends that I had made. I had still not found my place, not found a club I was really excited about. Um, and I started thinking about transferring. Yeah. I, would it be fair to say that you were nervous to talk to us about that? 
Oh yeah. I thought you guys were going to flip. Um, but you didn't, you just rolled with it. Yeah. It's interesting how like a really miserable year made it more clear what was important to me, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think that's important to say because I know, I think a lot of 18 year olds coming out of high school think, okay, I have to know my path. I, I need to have a real clear direction on career. And frankly, a lot of your high schools make you feel that pressure. They do. Um, that if you don't, if you aren't starting to self-select your course load as a freshman in high school, that you're already veering off track, it's too much pressure. Um, and it's not the way it's always been done either. This is kind of recent, um, trends in education, young adulthood and college, and it's too much. And the truth is it's super common to try one thing and realize, you know what, that's just not it, or it's not what I expected, or I've learned something new that I didn't know then. Um, or I've just changed my mind. That is okay. You can change your mind when you are 18 and 19 years old. And that's not in an indication at all that you did something wrong or you have no sense of direction or self. And I think that's probably a little bit what you were hung up on and maybe what other young adults are too, um, that a change in direction feels like a mistake. And that's not, that's not how I experience your first year of college at all. I'm, I'm glad that you made that choice and you learned a lot and, um, is not a waste. And Mm -hmm. so to me, I feel like you've come home, much more secure in what you want and what you need and how you want to get it. I mean, is that fair? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I kind of always tell people that even though I had like a really lonely year of just fighting so hard to like find my footing and find my community and not getting it, I don't regret it at all. And that's why I'm such a big fan of gap years. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence for gap years as being really incredibly healthy for a a lot of high school graduates. And that just that one year is pretty pivotal um, in what you're able to sort of discover post high school, which there's just no other way to experience than just to graduate. So both of you guys, but Gavin, mainly you, you have quite a bit of college under your belt at this point. Um, you are now a senior. So you're at the end of the, of the road here. So I'm curious if your college experience at Texas tech, did it resemble what you thought it would be as you kind of came in as a freshman? Um, what was different than what you imagined? What was the same? Um, how did your expectations line up with your actual lived experience? Well, some of it was expected. Some of it wasn't. Obviously, you know, the whole pop culture, everything like that. I expected college to be nothing but parties and it was fun right. and it was easy. And, uh, well, the parties was true, but I don't true. like right. I don't like parties, so right. that was scratched out. Um, and uh, it was uh, just as well. It was actually easier than I expected it to be. Um, In what way? Well, I did expect college to be very difficult, university level, and then I learned after taking my classes that they're easier than the high school AP classes that I took. Hmm. The workload is way less. The professors are much more willing to help you mm. succeed in their class. That's true. Tell um, everybody listening, Gavin, just a little bit about um, the professor that you've talked about, because 
going into school, oh, yeah. you did not have a path toward becoming a professor. Like that was for me, if, if I'm, if I'm getting interviewed as the parent, mm-hmm. that'd be one of the most surprising developments in your college career is that you want a doctorate. Like I didn't see that coming kid. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, right. school's like meh for you. You think um, I saw it coming either? I mean, none of us did. And so yeah. it, I, I would love for you to talk about the professor that kind of has sparked your imagination toward this path for yourself. So my freshman year, I took a class called NRM 1401. It was natural resources management. It was uh, the introductory class. Um, and so this is a class that's a requirement for all of the NRM majors like myself. And then it is also an elective science class that non-majors have the opportunity to take to fill their science fulfillment, not science okay. fulfillment. What is it? What's it yeah, called? Yeah, your science credit. Yeah, your science credit. That's what it is. And so upon taking the class, when I, when I entered college, all I wanted to do was get my bachelor's and become a ranch hand. That's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe work with my grandpa on his ranch, do something. I don't know. But that's about the extent of what I had planned out. Afterward, I met this professor. His name is Dr. Philip Gibson. He's in his 70s. Um, he's just this old man who's as happy as it gets. Okay. You know, th- this guy is fun. He's playful. He's got stories upon stories. He's been a professor for 50 years. Yeah. He, he's been doing this a long time. Uh, Dr. Gibson originally was the chair of the NRM department here at Texas Tech. Um, and he decided to turn down his position as chair of the department to teach the most basic introductory class of NRM. So that way he could share his passion of yeah. natural resources management with non-majors, with people who yeah. don't know what it's about. And after being in his class, after taking his laboratories, um, after doing a little bit of work with him, a little bit of research with him, he's just, he's a complete joy to be around. And his passion for teaching people what he loves to do mm-hmm. completely sparked something inside of me. And I thought to myself, I want to be that for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. to be that spark that will make people think, wow, this is amazing. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, I know. So cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, I'm a big fan of teachers at every level and professors at the university level. And they really can, they really can sort of help you plot your own course um, because you're really honing in on what it is you love and your area. And then they, there are these amazing like mentors and leaders that open up a just a huge world of possibility. In fact, Gavin, you had another professor who did some stuff that I loved. The talk about the one who um, was like, okay, if you're struggling, if you need some help, and kind of his these are the things that are always on the table, accessible to you, like the basketball lunch. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So first of all, that's almost every professor in the interim department. I'm really thankful that um, the ag, all the ag professors at Texas Tech are super helpful to their students. Mm-hmm. We have really, really like personal relationships with our professors in the ag department. The ag professors just love their students. 
And mm-hmm. so uh, this professor, his name was uh, Dr. David Weindorf. Um, and he was my professor for uh, uh, plant and soil sciences. Sorry, soil sciences. He, he told us on the first day, he said, this is the hardest class you're ever going to take at this university. Um, flat out. And it was for sure. Um, but he said that uh, he didn't want to see us fail. He wanted to see us succeed. He wanted to see us do well. And so he said, I have lots of things that I'm willing to help you with. He said, first of all, day before a test, every single time we will go to the rec, which is just a big gym that's accessible to all tech students. Right. He said, and we'll play two hours of basketball. And in the middle of the basketball game, I'll just ask you questions about soil science. Um, And it's a way that we can get to know one another easily. And it's also a way that I can help you study and I can help teach you what might be on the test. He, he said, uh, and if you even want to go a step past that, he said, if you still are struggling and you want to, and you really want some help, he said, let's go to lunch. I'll take you to lunch. I'll pay for your lunch. We could spend an hour or two talking. I want to learn about your life. I want to learn about how you grew up, why you chose tech, you know, and then I also want to assist you in the material the and the material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said like, this is hard stuff, but I don't want to see you struggle. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm your professor. I'm teaching you this stuff. And if it's not getting through to you, I want to be sure that it gets through to you. That's and great. so that extra, that extra effort from the professors is just so comforting to have. Yeah. Totally. And really, really helpful. And it's real. They do. They do want you to succeed. They do Mm -hmm. want you to be a credit to your alma mater. They do want to see you take what they have taught you and soar and even go way beyond even what they've accomplished. I think that's real. And I think that's sincere and genuine. And as a parent, I'm thrilled that both of you are under the leadership of adults who are so invested in your future and in your, in your careers and really even in your hearts and souls and minds, you know, that's, they, they care about you. And I mean, I was so grateful as a parent, cause it's weird to launch your kids where we used to be that key person for you. Um, and now there's all these other really important adults in your life who are really important plot points along your story. And so it's thrilling for me. guys, Jen with a quick break and a recommendation about a resource I think is really, really interesting. So tons of us are juggling multiple hats, you know, career, home, family, kids, and maybe you're like me and you see someone doing something cool that interests you. Or maybe you just have a big idea for a great business or a new venture, but you're not sure where to start. So Here is a great place to start with Skillshare. So Skillshare is basically an online community for creators. You've been wanting to get into photography? They have classes for that. Want to learn how to use and grow social media? They have one for that too. Guys, they have more than 25,000 classes in design, business, tons more. So you can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a pretty cool offer just for my listeners. Skillshare is offering the For the Love community 
two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for absolutely free. Super easy to sign up. Just go to Skillshare.com slash for the love and you can start your two free months right away. So this is a great investment in you, in your work, in your creativity, in your dreams, in your future. This is a no brainer. So Skillshare.com slash for the love. Okay, back to our show. Let me ask you guys this. Sydney, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you like? What are you just most excited about right now that's happening in your time, like in your generation at college right now? Maybe inside the class, maybe out. Um, as we just kind of think about your age group and what's happening um, inside your generation, something that's kind of making you excited or you're watching with like expectation um, or like this is something that I feel really thrilled about right now. What's exciting for me is seeing how like teenagers and young adults are using the internet right now as a force for good and as a force for connection. It's true. Um, so I follow so many like really amazing um, young adults doing exciting like activism um, or starting their own businesses and companies. Totally. Or just making really amazing art and putting it out there for people. Um, I think things like Instagram, especially, have become such great platforms for kind of getting your voice heard, um, getting your art seen. Um, I don't know. Just I think it's been it's been really cool to be able to be kind of connected to young people mm-hmm. uh, around the whole world, like through the internet and the awesome things that everybody's doing. Yeah. And I think that's great because I think young adults on the internet has just sort of this stereotypical bad rap. It's kind of a trope right. that mm-hmm. your generation is just a hot mess on the internet. Um, the truth is there's so much good out there with young adults and with teens, so much happening. And in you, this is just an integral part of your childhood and adolescence. And so it's not a, there's no conflict of interest for you at all on how to use this well. And so I see the same thing. I I think it's just a very easy reach um, for grown adults to say, oh, this, these kids are a mess. They're always on their phones. Um, But that's not been my experience with you guys either. I've seen a lot of good. How about you, Gav? Like what's something right now in your season of life with your like classmates and peers um, that you're excited about? Something that I'm really excited and happy about is the fact that I'm starting to see a lot of people fight for the underdog. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people who um, just aren't as good as other people at certain things. They might not be as good at school. They might not be uh, physically or mentally as well as others. Um, but I mean, I'm seeing a lot of people who are just really helping each other mm-hmm. and understanding one another. I think that's a huge thing. The inclusion of everybody. I agree. It is a, is a huge thing that I'm happy I can see. And it's sad to say that it's not everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there still is quite a bit of separation. Um, especially when you talk about politics. Right. Um, uh, but I mean, I'm happy to see that more often than not, I'm seeing a lot of people put their politics aside and put their own personal viewpoints aside 
to help love one another. Yeah, I see a lot of that too. I know my generation is very happy to look at yours and see massive strides forward on um, inclusion and diversity and really loving kindness, acceptance toward your peers of all different stripes. I'd love to hear your take on that setting because you and Gavin um, kind of, he brought up politics, which is not something me and my friends talked about when we were your age. Like I can't, uh, we just was not a part of our vernacular, a part of our daily lives. It was just a very different era, but your generation is inundated and paying attention and involved and engaged. And so um, what's your, what are your thoughts on what Gavin just said? That's a tough one. I think the political involvement of our generation is a really exciting thing. Um, But I also think we're so involved because we have to be. Yeah. I think we've kind of been forced into politics in a way um, because the political has become so personal right now, um, especially in the last few years, whether it's like a really huge thing students have been getting involved with um, is like anti-gun violence. And that's because we've had to be um, right because we've seen like other kids like get killed in their own schools. Um, So I don't know. I think in a way, young people right now have lost kind of that degree of separation that we get to have from politics. Mm, Like I was completely invested in like the presidential race when I couldn't even vote like in 2016, you know, um, which I think there's good and bad things to that. Um, I feel like part of it is because we have also just so much access to information. Um, and like I was kind of talking about earlier, like we have platforms to kind of get our voices heard and we're choosing to use that. I don't know. I think, I think it's good. Um, I agree. And it's not without its challenges and it's a lot to process and manage when you're 18, 19, 20. Um, But again, I think you have the capacity for it and it is exciting to watch your generation kind of come to the table earlier than a lot of us did. Um, Ready, ready to engage, ready to vote, um, ready to have these conversations, ready to, um, you know, discuss these important places. And I think that bodes well for us. I, I look forward to that. And I think that's going to eventually, um, create far better representation in our government, both local and national. And, um, I think our representatives are going to start looking more like the country, um, because you have an entire generation coming up, paying attention. Let me ask this question. Um, So besides moving out of the house, how has being in college for both of you um, changed the dynamic of your relationship with us, with, with your parents, with dad and I? Um, And I'm curious how you, how would you grade us on sort of cutting the apron strings and letting you go? And how did we do in that? Because we don't know what we're doing either. You know, we we're learning. Um, I, I'd like to hear what you think, um, what you wish we would have done differently maybe, or, and and what it is that you liked, like, this is a thing that set me up correctly. And this is a thing that either you either wish we would have done differently or you wish we would have known. You want to start Gav? I think that y'all did a really good job. I mean, I really do. You know, whenever I left, I went off to college while it was nice to have support from your parents 
and not really have to worry about anything, I also wanted to kind of begin the process of being able to take care of myself Mm -hmm. um, and managing my own finances and bills and rent and insurance and whatever else. And so I think what y'all did was really beneficial, being able to still pay for the stuff that I really couldn't afford, but allowing me to take over the things that you knew I could handle, Mm -hmm. um, which increased every year, me taking care of a little bit more year by year by year. You know, you didn't just cut the strings and let me fall. Like, you kind of slowly lowered me down until I was ready to drop. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that that was really helpful, and I'm really thankful for it. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't know what y'all could have done better. Well, that is nice. Yeah. So he is what he's doing right now is aiming for favorite kid award. Mm-hmm. Um, now we know better than that. We know there was plenty we could have done differently and we probably would have done differently. And really, it was, it's strange as parents because it's so strange to sometimes think when you guys are heading off to college and in college that in some ways I think, Oh, we did way too much. And then in other times I think we haven't done nearly enough and I'm not sure which it is. I feel differently depending on the day. And it's strange to separate also your own personal experience because you guys are, you're your own people and you're going to go have your own college story. And it's weird to untangle from that and not either take the credit for what you do right or the blame for when things are going wrong for you or for when you're hurting. And so it's strange as a parent too. Sydney, what would you say? I think something I wish... I was a little more prepared for or had a little bit more help with Mm -hmm. was I think kind of processing the grief that's Mm -hmm. involved with going to college. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everyone is constantly just talking about how exciting it is. And I think kind of encouraging everyone to kind of push through the fear that is going to be natural when you go to college. Um, But what nobody really talked about and what I think I felt a little bit alone is just like how much you're losing when you go to college. Right. Um, my whole senior year, I just remember feeling like my, like the last like bits of my childhood were like Mm -hmm. slipping between my fingers and going to college. Like you lose your best friends that you've known for years. Um, at least on that like day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. that you've had them, um, losing the comforts of home and of your family and Mm -hmm. of just routine and kind of knowing what comes next. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really tough for me. And I didn't expect that. Because with all of the change that comes with your freshman year, um, of course, there's so much excitement and joy and learning and adventure. Um, but that's also so hard because um, you're losing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I feel like nobody really talked about and no one really prepared me for. Mm-hmm. But after the fact, I've had that conversation with a lot of friends and they've been like, yes, like that's that's a good way to phrase it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard. Yeah, I, Dad and I both... Um, know now for sure that that was not um, a conversation that we had with you, with either of you really. And I think is largely because we were drawing on our own experience, our own college experience. And, you know, dad and I had fun in college and we loved college and we weren't that far. Um, well, dad was farther, but you know, I was a, I was an afternoon drive away and I, I don't even, I don't know if it's just a different time or a different, I have no idea what it is. I don't know what the factors are but that we didn't struggle. We didn't. And so I didn't even, I didn't even have it in me 
to know to prepare you for that. And I should have known because you had some, yeah, you were already saying in advance, I'm afraid college isn't going to be what I hope it's going to be. And I was like, it's going to be a blast. You're yeah. going to love it. But you know, I was just like that. Um, yeah. And so I, I see now that there needs to always be like an open door for early college students and really even later to be able to say, we think these are going to be great years for you and we hope they are and we're praying they are. But if they're not, you can come talk to us. And if things are going sideways, we want to hear about it and we want to help you. And that might be true. You know, that might be, we might need to rethink this. And I think that's something we learned with your experience, Sydney, that we'll probably do differently with the younger kids. By now, you know that I genuinely love FabFitFun. I mean, I do. It's a seasonal subscription box and it helps me discover new products galore. Um, FabFitFun is delivered four times a year with absolutely full size. I mean, I'm not talking about little samples, full size beauty, home, lifestyle, and fitness products. Together, the products in each box retail for at least more than $200. But you pay $49.99 a box. So the fall 2019 box is here. It's overflowing with goodies. But a few things really jumped out at me. Oh, this one was a good one. First of all, there's an adorable Kate Spade lunch tote. So cute. Both my girls are like, can I have that? I said no. Um, a plush fringe scarf in plaid, which you know me, that's all you see me in come fall and winter. Uh, and then this beautiful anthropology yoga mat, um, tons of fall goodness. And it, it always goes with the season. I like, for example, like in my summer box, I had a beautiful uh, beach tote and I had tons of skincare products. In fact, Sydney, my daughter, was looking through the box, freaking out. She's like, mom, these are the nicest, most expensive brands out there. Like, why do you have this? <laughs> I'm like, fat fit fun. They curate it for me. So I don't even have to know what's up. I just know what's coming. So for our podcast listeners with the code FTL, you can get $10 off your first box. So to sign up, you're going to go to fabfitfun.com and then use the promo code FTL. TL to get $10 off your first box. I mean, you are not going to beat this. I'm telling you. So one more time, it's fabfitfun.com. Then use my code FTL to get $10 off your first box. Oh, you're going to be so happy when it comes. All right, everybody back to the show. Let's just pretend right now that I'm not your mom and that nobody is listening. So what would you guys say thus far? Um, Sydney, you've got one year under your belt. Gav, you have three. Mm-hmm. What do parents not know about what happens at college right now? Like what would parents either be horrified to find out or maybe even excited? I don't know which way this answer is going to go. I won't lead you. But what what do you think that parents are pretty much on the outside of, which, which is like some sort of college reality? 
just remember you can you can answer with no repercussions. <laughs> My answer's not going to be that juicy. Oh, okay. Darn <laughs> it. I thought that we were going to get the tea. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I go to a nerdy school and right. AU was even nerdier. Um, but I think what parents don't know is like, your kids probably aren't going as crazy as you fear. Um, <laughs> but also like, at least at a place like UT, like we truly are here to learn and just consume just knowledge and books and experiences and all kinds of things. And then that's, what's exciting to us. Like I was just at a party the other day and I ended up like in a circle of people and we were talking about Michelle Obama. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's exciting to us. Like all the time I meet people and we're talking about books and politics and what we're learning. And yeah. so Another thing parents should know is like your child is partying, <laughs> like, like your child is drinking and going out and dating people, maybe dating multiple people in general, the average college kid is probably going to some parties, but is also doing their homework. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like we got it yeah. every, like, I'm sure you did that in college. Well, that's what dad, dad and I say all the time when we find out just a little bit too much about you guys, yeah. um, we always have to look at each other and go, okay, think about what we were doing at that age. Right. Um, like yes. parents and kids yeah. like, like to take risks and have fun and be stupid. Yeah. Um, when you're a teenager and a college student, um, but like both sides of them are lying to the other side about it. So. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, I disagree with that. Now, mom, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a rule follower. Oh my gosh. Listen, this is the kid that when you two were little and we would be on an elevator and the doors would start to shut, Gavin would tackle Sydney on the ground, screaming bloody murder for fear she was going to walk off the elevator without our supervision and we'd lose her forever. I mean, you're a rule (laughs) follower. You always have been. I am. Yeah. And so the second side of that, um, which I will agree with Sydney to an extent, if they are not out there partying and drinking and doing whatever, they've tried it. Sure. Um, (laughs) Everyone has at least tried it. Okay. College is dangerous. (laughs) Wow. Ridiculously dangerous. What do you mean by that? Um, Now, this is, by the way, this is my firstborn type A rule follower, which, you know, I'm a little bit like you, so I can understand this response. My freshman year, two guys on my floor were manufacturing crack. Three guys were growing weed in their closets. That's true. Um, (laughs) During welcome week, two of my friends were raped. Yeah, that's real. Um, And that was the very first week that I was in college ever. Yeah. You know, past that one week, many more have followed. Sure. That's Um, true. And all the statistics support that. I've had a lot of friends fall into being drug addicts, into being alcoholics. Um, I've had a lot of people. I've had, I believe, three friends from Texas Tech kill themselves because they couldn't handle the stress. Yeah. Um, College is incredibly stressful. It's hard on students with money. It's hard on um, their brains. I would argue it's harder than it used to be. I agree. And one thing I noticed when we went on college visits with both of you guys is how at least attentive 
your campuses are to this exact thing that you're talking about, how many safety mechanisms they're putting into place now, um, how so many like guardrails to, to keep the student body safe and um, accountable. And um, I, I was always really grateful um, when we heard the safety measures um, taken on every campus. But the truth is, this is what the numbers say. And um, and so as parents, this is part of our worry at home. Like, are we, are we vigilant enough? Would we know if something happened? Would you tell us? Um, and, and I'm not sure. And, and it goes both ways. You know, some college kids are really, um, open and vulnerable, but some keep these a secret before, until it's just too late, um, or until so much damage is done. And so, um, you know, as a parent, it's, it's always, it's hard to hear, but it's good to hear that, um, college can be an amazing experience, but it's also a place where freedom is new and supervision is low. Um, and that could be a breeding ground for just trouble and struggle and pain. Uh-huh. What would you suggest to the parent world um, just on how to best pay attention to that and keep our eye on it and keep tabs on how the physical and emotional and mental health of our college students? I would say that one thing that parents can do is develop a level of trust with your kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that whenever they're in high school, they're still your kid. They're still stupid. You know, they don't really know what life is about. Um, but in high school, if they're treated like a child up to the day that you drop them off for college, they're not going to want to come back to you and That's ask true. you about real adult questions. That's a good point. You know, and of course, there's uh, there's moderation that comes in that comes into play. You know, it's not go off the wall with your kid, treat them like your fully grown adult friend. Right. You know, you're still their parent. But if you never take off their training wheels, they're not going to want to come to you whenever things get bad. That's a good point. They're going to go to their friends or they're going to go to Google or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to want to come to you. I know being the first child, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but being the first child, I believe that I was and always will be treated like a child. Mm. Um, I hope I hope you're wrong on always will be, but I definitely yeah. know that you're right on. We took the least amount of training wheels off for you, and we'll probably take the most amount off for Remy. Just mm-hmm. parents also kind of learn how to widen out the funnel, but right. it's weird with the oldest because you don't know you've never done it. Um, so yeah, I think your assessment's right that you had more guardrails on than the I completely I completely understand and you know, in high school I did want to be I did want to be treated with more maturity and I wanted to have a little more trust, maybe a little more leniency that was put right. into play cuz after all, you know, I may have been still in high school, may have still been a kid, but it was such a drastic change. Right. From being a kid, being treated like a kid, like a child, to all of a sudden, I am legally an adult and I'm right. on my own. Totally. Um, it was weird because I just didn't really understand where to go from that point. Yeah, that makes sense. There were a lot of things that I had to figure out that were really difficult. I went to friends. I found a counselor in Lubbock. I talked to my pastor. I talked to whoever else, but I never came to Mm y'all. And I mean, I think the best thing you can do is 
establish that level of trust with your kids Mm -hmm. and let them know like, Hey, things won't be easy. Chances are you're going to encounter this. You're going to encounter that. Something's going to happen to you and you won't know how to deal with it. You can say, I may have been there. I may have not been there. But no matter what happens, I'm Mm -hmm. here for you and you can come talk to me about it. And we can get it figured out. We can get it sorted out. Because I would argue that, I don't know, the end of high school and the beginning of college is is the transition phase from becoming a child to an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have no help in that process of maturing and becoming your own person, you're going to be really lost and it's going to be really difficult. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's not going to be as smooth as mm-hmm. you might hope it might be. What would you say, sis? I think I would agree with that a little bit. I, I feel like I probably could have used a little bit more support at the beginning there. Mm-hmm. And if you, your child has never talked to you about drugs or whatever, like how are they going to come to you when it's more important, when it matters? Like if your child feels like they can't talk to you about sex, like Mm -hmm. are they going to come to you if they were hooking up with someone and then they were raped or something? Or if they feel like they would be in a lot of trouble to talk about alcohol, could they tell their parents if they've been drinking too much and they feel like their academics have slipped away from them? Like, it's just so important to have that, Mm -hmm. I think, communication open from the start. It's true. It's true. And I think from a parent side, you there, it's so easy just to assume that, you know, everything that's going on with your kids or you're like sure what they are, are, are not exposed to and have this real sense of like, no, I think I've got a good finger, you know, on the pulse of where my kid's at. But the truth is that, that that's just not typically true. Um, that there's a lot hidden and, um, and even if there's not, it's worth asking. Um, so whether or not you guys would be as open as you think you would, um, upon being asked, I don't know that answer, but it's definitely worth asking constantly, just so you know, even if you're like, no, it's all fine, that eventually when and if you need to say it's not, you can. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that line of communication is, is open. Um, yeah, it's a really weird time of transition for you guys to move into adulthood. And it's strange transition for parents to watch you move into adulthood. Let me ask you this, plumbing the depths of the college mind. Um, let's just do this quick, like, like stream of consciousness. So, um, we'll start with you, sis. What are you watching? I am watching Broad City, which is my favorite sitcom. It's hilarious. Okay. But I'm also, so Broad City, it's about these two best friends in New York. Uh-huh. It's what you'd think it'd be, but it's awesome and uh-huh. sassy and I love it. And then I'm watching a show on Netflix called Atypical right now. Okay. Um, that's about this uh, like senior in high school who has autism. Um, and he is kind of ready to start like becoming more independent and like dating and going to college. And it's just about like his family and friends coming around him. And it is so Uh just like heartwarming. Yes. I saw the previews for that. Adorable. How about you, Gav? Well, I've never really watched TV. Right. Um, what I have watched recently is the series Yellowstone. Oh, same. is amazing and i right. have yet to see the season finale so don't tell me about it i'm probably gonna watch it as soon as we get off the phone uncle drew and Aunt sarah 
you know, just don't say anything because the last episode left off. Yeah. I screamed. Yeah, audibly. yeah, same. Um, um, okay. And then on top of that, I also watch Queer Eye, but who doesn't watch Queer Eye? Everybody that's so, smart. Everybody yeah. that's smart. Um, Sis, who just maybe two or three of them? Because otherwise mm-hmm. this will go on forever. Who's on your Spotify oh, playlist? Who's in my Spotify playlist? Right now I've been going through this big like 90s girl rock phase. Mm. So I've been listening to like... Mitski, Mazzy Star, the Cranberries. Yeah, yeah. It's like been all up in there right the now. The girls love it. I'm sure you're listening to that when you're my age. Uh, I did. I <laughs> listen to it now. How about you, Gaff? Uh, it'd have to be the Teskey Brothers, Tyler Childers, and Chris Stapleton, the classic. Classic. Classic West yeah. Texas right there. Um, listen, there's <laughs> other guys I just recently found out about, and they are amazing yeah. artists. Okay. They really are. All right. Well, we'll link over to all your suggestions in the transcript so people can listen okay. to what you're listening to. Um, okay, Sydney, what are you reading right now besides textbooks, obviously? Oh, my goodness. I read so many books this summer. Yeah. Probably my favorite book I read this summer, you actually sent to me mm-hmm. when I was at camp yep. um, called This Is How It Always Is yeah. um, about just like this um, – little boy who starts showing signs, um, that he's actually trans and just the way that, um, his family like responded and came around him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That book is amazing. How about you, Gav? Are you reading anything? Pass. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Thank you for being honest. Yeah. Um, okay. Sydney, what's your favorite game on your phone? Do you play any? Um, I don't know if this counts, but I've been super into the New York times crossword lately. Yeah, that counts. I love it. That counts. Your grandma and your aunt Courtney will be so pleased to hear that. I cannot yeah. do crosswords are too hard. Um, Gav, how about you? Easy. Balloons Tower Defense. <laughs> you still play that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, the sixth one came out. It was five bucks and I bought it. Look, that's a good right? game. Oh I grew up gosh. that game in middle school, elementary school. Like, that's I'm hilarious. playing I remember it. we play it in like the computer room on the big yeah. PC. Oh I'm gosh, playing it. Got... It's good stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sydney, what is your most useful app on your phone? A thousand percent Venmo. Oh, I don't know how people did anything before Venmo. Like that's how I get paid for babysitting. Yep. And now every time I eat out with friends, just like one person picks up the bill yep. and everyone Venmo's them the exact amount they need to. Like it's the best. Absolute same. How about you, Gav? I would argue that it's Venmo as well. Yeah. Um, it, that's how not, you do like your bills it, with your roommate, right? Yeah, that's how we do bills. If it's not Spotify, because I love music, uh-huh. it's Venmo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well done, Venmo. You've got our family in the bag. Yeah. Um, okay, Sydney, what what's your preferred social media platform, and who, who's your favorite person or people to follow on it? Okay, mine is most definitely Instagram. I'm not even following that many people that I know – like personally, but there's just so many fun accounts to follow. So one of my favorite accounts, um, is called every outfit on sex in the city. Mm-hmm. And they just post like the best looks from the show, um, and send like interviews and quotes and stuff. Um, but I'm also following this really cool account called style like you. Mm-hmm. And it's this really funky, um, mother and daughter who interview, um, different people about both like their fashion and then just their lives and it kind of like twists the two together in like really meaningful ways oh. um, gavin 
It'd be Instagram just because I can read what people are writing and see what they're talking about as well. Um, Facebook and Twitter are nice and all, but sometimes I want pictures to look at. Mm -hmm. You're not really Um, a big time social media person anyways. Not really. Even on the gram. You're not on there very often. On Instagram, I don't follow anybody that I don't know. Oh, really? I'm following 90 people, and I'm probably about to cut that down, to be honest. Buddy. Um, social media gets way too political for me. Right. So I, I just kind of I just kind of keep my distance. That's fine. You don't, you're not really on social media, and you don't watch TV. You're probably healthy. Um, yeah. I don't even know if you'll have an answer for this. Aside from your mom's obvi, what is your favorite podcast, if you even have one? Do you guys listen to podcasts? Yeah, I love podcasts. So... I'm not saying this to be the favorite child, but I actually started listening to your podcast, Mom, nice. and it's pretty good. Nice. You have some cool. You have some. You have some really cool interviews. No doubt um, about it. But lately, I've been listening a lot to the Liturgists. Mm-hmm. They're really great. I love them. And then I've been listening to Hillary McBride's yep. podcast, um, "Other People's Problems," yep. which you had it on your podcast, I right? I did one of our top I episodes love of the that year. So much. For anyone who doesn't know what it is, she it's just recordings of therapy sessions with her oldest clients. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating and like weirdly comforting. And I learn something new um every time. Oh, I, I love I didn't it. know you were listening to her stuff. I'm so yeah. happy that you are. I really, really like her. I learned so much from her when she was on the show. Um, one last question, and then we're just gonna wrap it up. What advice would you each give your 10-year-old self? about maybe the things not to sweat in middle mm-hmm. school and in high school and maybe the things to on the opposite end these are the things to care about. Mhm. You want to you want to go first, Gav? Mhm. I'd say don't worry about bad friends. What do you mean by because, that? Because well, all of your good friends, all of the people who really care about you and who really genuinely want to spend time with you will come naturally. Mm-hmm. and you will be naturally drawn to them as well. Um, you shouldn't have to force a friendship because yes. then that's not a friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't worry about being unpopular. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about not having every single friend in the school. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Right. Like I promise it doesn't matter. Like You're going to have great friends and you're going to meet great people and you're never even going to think a second time about those bad people who hurt you. Yep. That's a great point. And you just don't, you just don't have to worry about it. It's not as big a deal as you think you're going to be okay. That's good. How about you, Sydney? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, one of the hardest things for me in middle school and, um, high school was just kind of the natural kind of ebbing and flowing of childhood friendships. Um, it, I didn't realize until I was older that it is so natural for your friendships to change a lot as you're growing up because you should be changing so much. Like I, you just, I, I grew so much and I changed. And so of course, like my friendships would, and often you kind of grow in different directions than your friends. Um, and like, just knowing that like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if some friendships end or for only like a certain, um, kind of season of your life, yeah. but also like the thing that's not, don't sweat friendships that change, but, like do sweat. your like 
good like soul friends and like working on those friendships mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to kind of start taking friends for granted and forget that like friendships take work and care um but I started really investing in some of my like oldest friends right. my junior and senior year in high school and we all got like really close again and I am so grateful for them yeah. and then I was able to carry these like really beautiful friendships into college and kind of have them by me Hey everybody, Jen breaking in for just a second. I am, as you know, a huge advocate for counseling and feel like sometimes we just need a little guidance from a trusted source who can help us look at things objectively and find a way forward. So BetterHelp Counseling, it's an online resource that offers licensed professional counselors and they're specialized in issues like depression and stress, anxiety, relationships, family conflicts, grief, honestly, you name it so much more. Um, You can connect with a professional counselor in a safe, private, absolutely confidential online environment. Uh, You can even schedule secure video or phone sessions or chats or texts with your therapist. And so best of all, it is truly affordable, which hinders a lot of us from good counseling. And so for you guys, the listeners of the For the Love podcast, BetterHelp is giving you 10% off your first month with the discount code for the love. So if you're needing a little help getting to that good change in your life, go to betterhelp.com slash for the love. Okay. So one more time, betterhelp.com slash for the love using the code for the love. Okay. Back to our show. This is the wrap up. So this is just rapid fire. Um, which class do you think is going to be your favorite this year? Sis? Um, I would say I have a really interesting class called digital storytelling. Um, and we just learn to kind of tell stories through different formats. So we'll be doing like videos, podcasts, mm-hmm. um, creative writing, things like that. And I think that'll be really fun. Mm-hmm. Love it. Gavin? Range wildlife habitat management. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be such a fun class. Sounds it's like a party. So much fun. Sure, sounds like it. Um, thus far, what class are you most convinced you will never use again, Sydney? Precalculus. Yeah. Gav. Chemistry. Okay. But you're kind of a science guy. There's got to be some chemistry to environmental science, right? I am an environmentalist, not a chemist. Okay, that's fair. Well, the only little bit of chemistry that's involved in environmentalism comes whenever you deal with pH levels in soil. Um, And I am not a soil scientist. I did not do well in that class. Um, And so it's just something that I'm not really going to use. If I need to work with soil, I'm going to try my hand. But if I can't do it, I'm going to hire someone. Fair enough. I think I just fell asleep with my eyes open. Oh my gosh. Right. Uh, last question. And Sydney will know this because she's listened a bit, but this is a question we ask every single guest in every single series. And it's from a writer that I love. You've heard me talk about her, Barbara Brown Taylor and her, this is the question she asks and it, you can answer however you want to answer. Some people answer this with really funny, ridiculous things. Some people say something really serious and poignant. So whatever you want, whatever your real answer is. Um, the question is, what is saving your life right now? Um, for me right now, this is kind of personal, but it's 
uh, antidepressants. Yeah. I think part of what made my freshman year so hard was I moved across the country alone with undiagnosed and untreated depression. Um, and I got into therapy and then eventually, um, uh, started taking medication my second semester and it was such a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, and this summer is when I really, um, started taking it regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has made such a difference for me. That's a good answer. Gavin. Uh, for me, it would be some of my professors Okay, just reminding me that things are going to work out. Um, obviously, I'm nearing the end of college, and that's terrifying mm-hmm. because I've never had like a real adult job before. Right. But having the reassurance from people who have been there that tell me mm-hmm. it's going to be okay one way or another, you're going to end up okay. Yeah. is really nice to hear totally. because I need that reassurance. Yeah. I'm a very anxious person. <laughs> and so having, having, uh, having just that type of support yeah. and that type of comfort is nice it's to say true. the least. And these guys know the path. They know the grad schools, they know the department heads, they know everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Like this is your, this is your little army of professors who are prepared to get you guys into that next level, be it career or grad school. Um, and so again, shout out to all the professors out there, like going the extra mile for the students, helping writing them recommendation letters, all of that matters so, so much. Um, and we are so grateful for the investment of university professors and academics into the lives of our kids as they grow up and need more than their parents um, to make it. And so anyway, okay, you guys, thanks for being on and thanks for your honesty and talking about what the goods, the bads, the successes and the failures, yours and ours. Um, You know, that's, that's life. This is real life Mm -hmm. stuff. And um, thanks for being on. Any last words? You get the last word. I want to add this to your last question about what's saving your life right now. Okay. For me, it's like been like my high school homies who are here at UT. That's it. Good job, you guys. Yeah. Good advice, good counsel, good reporting from the college sector. Um, proud, so proud of you both. So thrilled about where you both are. Um, in your lives, in your sort of college career, what's coming down the pike for both of you. We just see so much pavement in front of you and it's exciting to watch and we're thrilled to be a part of it and believe in both of you so, so, so much, just more than you can ever imagine. So, all right, that's it. Love you guys. Love you too, mom. Love you too. Oof. Listen, Ask a question, be prepared to get an answer. <laughs> oh man, the, the kids and I had to stay on the phone for a little bit afterwards and and download a little bit more and talk more about our discussion and and their vulnerability and um and just proud of them. Like just super proud of them. And glad they feel like confident and safe enough to say these are the things that worked and these are the things that didn't and these are the things we wish you would have done differently and man this parenting thing is no joke you guys absolutely no joke um and so 
I am so happy you listened. I'm so happy you're here today. I hope this sparks some great conversations with the young adults in your life or the kids in your life who are coming up on this age group. So speaking of, speaking of coming up on this age group, more to come next week. I interview my high school sons, Caleb and Ben. They are a senior and a sophomore in high school. And then the week after that, I interview Remy, my eighth grader and her best friend, Ella, also in eighth grade. We'll hear what's happening in the middle school world. Um, and then even more exciting guests after that, you're going to be, I'm going to hold those back. Uh, but this whole series is going to be useful and informative and eye-opening and maybe a teeny bit terrifying. I mean, there's nothing like opening up your own parenting experience to your podcast community. Uh, but I'm proud of my kids and proud of them for being on and thankful for who they are and who they are becoming. And um, it's always great to look behind the curtain. So you're not going to want to this next week. Caleb and Ben are hysterical. Um, thanks for listening and subscribing and sharing and rating and reviewing. This is a good one to share. This is a good um, center point of discussion uh, with your husband, with your spouse, with your wife, with your kids, with your friend circle. Um, put this in the middle of your community and start a conversation. Um, appreciate you sharing all the episodes that you share and reviewing and subscribing. You guys are the absolute greatest. Okay, next week I bring you Ben and Caleb Hatmaker and we'll find out what's going on in high school. Thanks guys. That's it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed this chat. Be sure to subscribe to my mom's podcast and give it a thumbs up rating if you like it. From the whole Hatmaker family, I hope you have a great week and see you next time.